0: David Energy, Ken Forhey, Scott Ringer, and Galen Ross battle zombies at the end of the world in George Romero's classic Dawn of the Dead tonight on Cinema de Fromage. In
1: 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the dead. Meet me on the roof at nine o'clock. <laughs> get out. I don't believe it. We're gonna what? get out in a chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food they eat their victims imagine if you will that something has gone terribly wrong sure now accept the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences george romero brings back the dead night of the living dead has ended dawn of the dead is here we must Nothing. not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. Operated dead. Post-abandoned. We may never get out of here. It. It's everywhere. What the hell is it? it? Looks like a shopping center. One of those big indoor malls.
2: What are they doing? Why do they come here?
1: Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their life. What is it? We've got a war. I'm afraid. We have spawned our own savagery. Soon it will consume us all. Ow. It is a horrible, hauntingly accurate vision of the mindless processes of a society gone mad. They must be destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. We are down to the line, folks. We are down to the line. Dawn of the Dead.
0: Well, well, welcome to Cinema de Fromage, and I am excited as all get out, um, because this is one of my favorite movies. I'm glad we're doing this one. Uh, George Romero's classic, uh, Dawn of the Dead, from 1978. Uh, With me tonight, we have our usual gang of suspects. We have Jen in the the dark corner over there. How are you doing, Jen?
2: I'm doing great. One of my favorite movies, too.
0: Oh, good. So we're not going to have any arguments tonight, then.
2: We are definitely not. <laughs> I foresee this as being all fun.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And Kente down below me, I say uh, who's always above us all, but there's Kente there. How you doing, Kente?
3: I'm doing good. My Toronto Raptors won the NBA
0: championship. Uh, my Toronto Raptors, but hey, <laughs> it went mental here. You should have seen it. We were watching that game and we were on pins and needles right to the very end. It was exciting
3: hey i am so i funny. feel like i'm i'm a part of the tribe
0: oh you're not a you're not a warriors fan
3: heck no i'm a lakers fan oh,
0: okay well fair enough and yeah. of course we have our special guest tonight joshua joining us and uh, how are we doing tonight
4: uh we are doing exceptionally well after you know i tell you what i uh i haven't seen this in a while and just to make sure that i was fresh before we started. I finished watching maybe about an hour ago.
0: Okay. so I did really you watch the version another. that, the, that the Kente uh, put us towards? Yes. You watch? Okay. Because we're going to have a little discussion about that too. Just a small okay. one. Because there's some very interesting things about this film because there's many versions of it out there. And this version I had not seen myself. And so I have a mixed feelings on that. But anyways, we will talk about that later. So who has the honor of uh, doing the uh, we we saw the trailer, which gave away a lot. I was uh, for a moment there, I thought, oh, my goodness, look, a trailer doesn't give away everything. And then they kept going and they gave away everything. But um, Mm -hmm. who wants to give the plot out on this one? I can do it if Uh you'd love to.
3: As hordes of zombies swarm over the US, The terrified populace tries everything in their power to escape the attack of the undead, but neither cities nor the countryside prove safe. In Pennsylvania, radio station employee, Steven and his girlfriend, Francine, escape in the station helicopter accompanied by two renegade SWAT members, Roger and Pete. The group retreats to the haven of an enclosed shopping center to make what could be humanity's last stand, released in on may 24th 1979 directed by the great george romero it is the sequel to the 1968 film night of the living dead it was produced for a budget of five hundred thousand dollars and the u.s box office took in 55
0: million dollars that's pretty good and this time he was allowed to take some of that money unlike night of the living dead where somebody dropped the copyright notice and he lost all chances of making money off that one right. that, that movie probably made a lot more because of that and but it probably made more in, in its entire run than any of his other films and unfortunately he couldn't get any piece of that because some old head during the uh process of putting the film together and putting the titles dropped the copyright notice and it went yeah. into the domain almost immediately but not so with this one so Anyways, um, just my brief uh, thing to start with is uh, I, I'm not going to be uh, saying anything that uh, I'm not going to be saying that I'm not biased. I love this film. This is one of my favorite horror films. I've watched this so many times over the years. Uh, the first time I saw it was when I was uh, 14. It's a first zombie film, and I was really into zombies for a long time in the 80s and, and early 90s. And kinda of got away from it when and then there was a resurgence and I sorta of got back into it, but it was like it wasn't the same. Uh with the exception of uh Shaun of the Dead and, and possibly the remake of this one. But um everything that is zombie nowadays, straight down to um Walking Dead, owes its existence. To this film, as opposed to, I mean, people say Night of the Living Dead, no, this is the film that they owe it to, because this film kind of lays out the groundwork that everybody uses as the skeleton of the idea of how a survivor is supposed to react, and how you always have, you know, different camps that you end up coming against and everything. Um, But, you know, for all, of you know, if somebody comes, you know, off this first time seeing it nowadays, they might go, oh, look at those zombies, they look like cheese, they're blue and everything. It's like, they don't get it. Um, and once the gore starts happening, you kind of forget the fact that the makeup doesn't look quite right and you realize, okay, this is sort of like a living comic book and it's a fantastic one. I mean, I just enjoy this movie so much, but enough of my Gavin. Um, why don't we have, seeing we have a guest, let's have Josh give his impressions of the uh, movie.
3: Wait a minute. He's not a guest no more. Oh, a regular
0: mistake. A regular now. Nobody told me this. Really? So now I have to split the, the money four ways? Yes. <laughs> what Sweet. money?
2: Damn.
0: Oh, sh- I meant two ways.
2: <laughs> <laughs> God, no wonder I can't go to the right. first season. I'm sorry, Josh. I
0: thought we were doing Get but now we have a, a fourth, which is awesome. We
3: announced it on last week's episode. <laughs> I wasn't myself
0: last week. I was getting ready for the Raptors. I was kind of tuning out by the end of the episode. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jeff. Josh. Josh, as the new guy,
2: <laughs> welcome, Josh. What a We're save, really excited by that you're way. here. Yes,
0: absolutely, uh, new guy gets the uh, first impressions.
4: Okay, my uh, my impressions of this movie. Now, I've I've seen it before, like I said, and I've seen the uh, the remake. Uh, I did feel like this version was lacking a little richer cheese, um, you know. There are a lot of parts that I thought were kind of unintentionally hilarious. But considering who made the movie, I I might reconsider that unintentional part. Because um, just the timing of, of some of them were... Uh, it really helped take away some of the, the tension when it was getting maybe a little too high. Uh, kind of uh, offered some relief, but gosh, um, this was my fourth zombie movie, and I know for a lot of people it's their first, but this movie, okay, to sum it all in a, in a nutshell, it's the reason why I don't like malls, <laughs> <laughs> that and, you know, teenagers but I, I don't know what really what else to say it, it this is an all-time classic uh without a doubt uh the cast i i don't recognize them from anywhere but this so maybe that's on me for not following their careers afterwards but no the, this when i watch this i think uh they are the characters that they're portraying much like Say the Blair Witch Project, and uh, you see a bunch of people that you're not familiar with, and you know that's who they are. It's easier to get pulled into the movie, unlike, oh, there's Keanu Reeves, that kind of thing. And I, my my final thought is, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, there were some scenes where I thought. It could have been toned down a little bit on uh, on the blood, but that's just from a, a realism level, and that's it. That's uh, my thoughts. All right, uh, Kente, how about you? Why you never asked Josh to go first?
0: <laughs> stop. Stop. it's perfectly fine.
3: Um, I mean, I thought it was an you know obviously an excellent film. It one thing that i love about it, it it's really a textbook how to do a sequel right um especially when um you know you had a sequel that was a, i mean the original was a surprise hit for a lot of people and it's very basic in its scope and then you take this one up and ratchet it up as far as put more into it and expand the uh expand the uh, premise of it and expand the world and it really builds off of the first one so we got in the night of the living dead not to talk about it too much we got kind of the genesis of this world right that we um are now living in and that movie has you know great ending to it and this is really a very good successor to it Mm -hmm. because it really does feel like an evolution of what they put out in 1968 so and and then just what a brilliant way because another way to save money is to have everything take place in one spot. But it, you know, and a lot of times when you see that in the film, you know, a lot of times you can feel like, okay, like there was a movie called glass that took place all in one place and it just felt cheap. You know what I mean? Whereas this, although it's in one place, it makes sense Mm -hmm. because That's, you know, you would think that's what a wonderful place to well, I hold up. They, and I
0: think they, they utilize the place really well. I mean, that's the thing. It's not just, oh, we're in a mall. They utilized all the sections of the mall in, a, in interesting and fun ways. Um, now, I don't know if this is a true story or not, but if you, those little bumps on them between them. Um, uh-huh. Apparently, this film is the reason for that. Um, when Roger does his little slide down the escalator down the middle. right now. That may be apocryphal, but then again, eh, you know, these things do happen. People watch the movie. It did. It was popular at the time, so maybe people were doing that, and they said, you know, enough yeah. of that. Put these little bumps in there or something. But, I mean, if you compare it, like, actually, if you compare it to the remake, um, this movie utilized that a uh, hundred times better. I mean, the remake has some good things about it. I don't hate the remake. But I'll tell you, the way that they use the mall in the original is so much better. There's a definite use of the different levels and the different stores and everything else that made it interesting as opposed to this is my background. I mean, it was almost not a character because that's overstating it, but it it had you could feel that it was part of the story, that the mall was definitely part of the thing as opposed to just being the background setting. Anyway, sorry I interrupted. But go on.
3: No, 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 uh, no I agree. We're on the same page.
0: Yep. yes, Yes. Uh, that would be Jen's turn now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She's muted herself. She's thinking. She's about to.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, here it comes.
2: Well, my, I I seem to have audio issues when I don't know whatever. Anyway, this is this this movie is one of the few movies that uh I remember watching when I was a bit younger and uh you know I've had this lifelong sort of love between understanding what a movie is trying to say and how it's written metaphor and how to figure that out and this is one of the few movies that I remember coming to sort of my own understanding of it before anybody pointed it out to me and I you know reminds me very succinctly why malls have died God forbid malls ever come back in a zombie like death That's let's just never have that happen but the, the, the if you look at the structure that they put this movie in it couldn't speak better to the idea of both materialism and this sense of like hoarding wealth Ridiculously because in the end, first of all, we all die and nobody's taking it with us. But secondly, none of our materials actually keep us from dying. Mm -hmm. I remember being so awestruck by how that sort of plays out with the the living and the dead. All this stuff, all the money in the drawer, when they open up the drawer and there's all the it, even when they, uh, when the the guys come through and try to steal stuff, it's like you're stealing from the dead, really. I mean, it was such a ridiculous overstatement of how we do things, as opposed to valuing life, that uh, it made a profound impact on the way that I understood how stories get told. So that's one. Thing. Um, the second thing, though, is one of the reasons that I really love this movie is because there is such an awesome display of this. And before I understood sort of how this lines up the, the trophy groups of people that, together and how, uh, you know, there's always the, the, the birds of a feather flock together in that sort of way mm-hmm. and how it, it is so much easier to tell a story about, what is going to happen in the apocalypse of man when you put people together in these tropes and just sort of give them this is your expected behavior? And I have to say, you know, by and large, he really got it right. George Romero really got it right. Even down to uh, escape at the end, it it just absolutely felt like there was something authentic about what he was seeing into mankind at large while telling this macro story of dead coming back to life. You know, the other thing that I really liked about it, I absolutely loved the fact, which I had never seen before, that they had to deal with the really uh, gritty stuff that was gross and anything that we would think about, like, how do you dispose of the bodies? What do you do with them? You know, how are you going to keep, and it How was big such is that a good freezer? Idea because, like, that's the stuff I think about. Like, well, all these uh, that would have been taken like, to the if, roof
0: and throw them over and hope, but then what if they power. come
2: right back in?
0: No, they're dead. Yeah, to
2: see that that was the whole thing. Oh, they're dead,
0: they're the well, ones are dead, they're not coming back. The brains were killed.
2: Oh, yeah, that's that's right, that's right. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, right.
0: but that's so, ice cream.
2: Hey, that could have worked. That really could have worked. But all I'm saying is that they still addressed it. They just, they addressed it like uh, as if it was just like normal housekeeping. Like Mm -hmm. housekeeping uh, is, to me, you never see any horror movie ever, (laughs) ever try to address. And Mm -hmm. the fact that they did it and, and made this such an intricate part of the story just really made me like in awe with George Rabeau because it didn't feel mundane. It didn't feel like, Oh, well, you know, they're going to sweep the floor. It felt to me like, no, no, no. See, this is humanity has to clean itself out too. You, there has to be a way for us to sort this out. And this is how we do it. So I, I really loved this movie from top to bottom. The only, my only, uh, one, sticking point with this which is that i didn't like was there are some really long segments of of put together shots that feel like they are gonna go nowhere in the, the in the end they eventually do but it takes so long to get Once there because
0: you know, this may be also I, I, i'm assuming you watch the same uh, version that we just all watched right
2: I did, I did, I did. Okay, and that um, may be a
0: problem too. But anyways, which which scenes were you thinking of?
2: I'm I'm thinking of like uh, you know the scenes uh, inside of the stairway. Remember, oh, yeah. like it, there's that part where oh yes,
0: like, the, the attack on the subdivision.
2: Yeah, the and and there's and there's all of these like, the, and they're I'm not saying they're not good scenes. They are really good scenes. They just seem to take forever to get. Yeah. That yeah. is to me just yeah. not.
0: And this is a very lengthened version. So the version that we just saw is not the theatrical cut. And the theatrical cut actually works a lot better. It's it's a lot faster, and the music cues are a lot better. Because I noticed in this one, they threw music cues during that scene that didn't work. Because originally, it was mostly silence. There wasn't music. You were just hearing the sounds of the chaos. And there were less scenes. There were, it was actually a little tighter uh, edited. So that might uh, uh, you know, but people want to see more because it's like, oh, this is the Romero film. We've got more and more. Let's just put together more. And more is not necessarily better. Um, the opening opening bit of that scene is actually a bit better. But as it goes on, yeah, it does drag. Um, I'll, I'll say the one thing I do like. Well, about you this. Know- Go ahead.
2: Well, I was just going to say, you know, one thing that 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 in, in terms of how the pacing is done in this movie, which actually works to its advantage, is as I was rewatching this because I've seen this movie many times, mm-hmm. and as I was rewatching it, what I was reminded of was even though that actually kind of bothers me because the pacing feels like, oh my gosh, couldn't they have done that? it? Yeah. Also, really, it, in the in the end, it actually works yeah. in the sense that it. It is like a protracted madness that you have to go through in order to get to any kind of resolution. And in some ways, that feels very uh, metaphor-like for exactly what was going on there, where there is so much, uh, not just unknown, but even even when you do know, there's still so much that you have to wait for. Things have to be done at their speed, at the dead speed, really. And there's not much that the living can do in order to make stuff go faster in a sort of almost meta concept. It, it felt like, oh, okay, I get it. I see why this is happening. It's still hard sometimes, though.
0: Well, the thing I, I find, though, that works for this movie, and uh, unlike the remake, because uh, I'll go back to that again, is it allows you time to get to know the characters. You're sitting there and they're doing mundane things. But you're getting to sit with them and see them how they even do the mundane things and the small little, little frictions that happen. Like uh, for example, between Flyboy, I'll call him that instead of Steve, Flyboy and Fran, that they're the couple, but there's so much friction between them, and you can see that it's you're watching a relationship falling apart over the entire course of the movie, and that's uh, an interesting thing that you see there. And it's just it's it yeah it seems slow, but. I like these characters. I really do. And you very rarely find that in a horror film where you actually like the cast where you, when something happens, you feel bad. So, I mean, and spoilers here. Sorry, folks, if you haven't seen it, uh, don't listen anymore, but um, Roger's death, right. uh, Actually has a lot of weight and everything. I mean, the characters, you can see how they feel about it, but you, you feel bad because you see this inevitability that's coming and, you know, he's bitten and we know nowadays, oh yeah, you get bitten, you become a zombie, blah, blah, But that, you know, that still was sort of fresh in at that time. It wasn't a trope so much. I mean, yes, you saw that in uh, Night of the Living Dead with the, the daughter and that was sort of alluded to but this film kind of brings it out even more and it's it's really sad so you're watching him and he's like he's a lot of pain they've got him on so much morphine he's doped up and his last scene is where he's you know before he becomes a zombie he's basically sitting there telling you know telling peter oh you know i'm not going to come back don't don't let me and if i do come back i want you to take care of me but i'm not going to come back i'm not going to come back and the fact is he does and the best thing about it is in the background, they're playing this TV thing with the one, you know, the guy with the patch in his eye, the overdone guy, you know, dummies, dummies, you're all wrong. You got to be logical, 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 you know, back thing. Um, but, you know, they, they put it right down the thing where they, the his dialogue, you know, it's right on the nose. Right? We're coming down to the line. This is it. We can't go on. We're down to the line. And that's when you see Roger coming back to, you know, back to life as it were and it's like it's a great scene and two things happen a it's like oh no and then same time it's like you feel bad for everybody there because you actually like these characters and you you feel like they sort of like each other in a way they kind of grown together and you don't see that in very many films like i'm gonna say i have watched a couple of seasons of walking dead i got tired of it um I didn't feel the same thing. I felt like everyone was like, oh, we have to do this, this, and this, and this. Oh, bad thing happens. We have to do this, this, and this. And there wasn't that kind of meshing as well. I mean, you had a few characters that everyone likes, and they kept going on. But you didn't have that feeling like you do with these. Like, you want these people all to make it. You want them to be happy in this mall. And you want, you know, it's the fantasy we all have. Oh, I'll lock myself in a mall. I'll get everything I ever wanted have all the food i want all the stuff i want and i'll never be it'll be great and you watch and you see them you know, slowly going into a malaise through this entire film so before you know you've got after roger dies you're watching them and they're living in this mall and it's no longer fun and they're just kind of dragging themselves through you know they've got all this nice room now with all the stereo equipment and the tv that's constantly on with static and they're eating you know decent food and everything but they're not happy they're not satisfied they're miserable but they have everything they want so it's like okay maybe getting everything you want is not what you need to survive
3: um josh i want you to talk about what you think about in this movie. can you hear me yeah can you guys hear me okay so uh josh i want you to talk about what do you think in this movie about the fit the uh the fatalism This. You know, things are not gonna get better, that this is our reality now that's going on through this movie. How does it make you feel when you watch it? And how do you think that adds to this chapter that maybe wasn't there in the night of living dead? Well, uh I'm
4: probably can something. Can, can what
3: can you hear me? Yeah, you have to delay. Yeah, but go ahead, just talk.
4: <clears throat> okay. Um I'm, I'm probably going to say something that's a little uh, bit blasphemous, but uh, I have not seen Night of the Living Dead. Wow.
3: Okay. Yeah, I was waiting okay. for that
4: uh, that reaction. And um, so I, I'm not sure what the, uh, the direct correlation is, but as far as uh, watching this and thinking, wow, this is my reality and nothing... Okay feels like it's ever going to get better. Um, I can say for a good portion of people, that's everyday reality. <laughs> um, and it's kind of funny how you can watch something like this that was made so long ago and feel like direct correlations to the world today. But I, I, I really think that the uh, just the fact that everybody is so screwed, and I don't know, some people were willing to accept it, and some people weren't. But the fact that it was an, an ev- inevitable fact that uh, things are going to uh, hell pretty quickly, and probably won't get any better is how do I put this? It helped make everything that it helped the, the impact of every death and the ending, especially uh, which I don't think we're getting into just yet, but the, the idea that no matter where you go in a situation like this, uh, the end is more than likely going to be the same. Um, so yeah, I think that answers your question.
3: No, yeah, no, it does. It it, uh, it answers it very well. Uh, um, that's one thing about this film as well, and you know, a lot of zombie films is it's like it, it, it's a tough scale sale, but like in in some regards, because zombies as characters are not the most interesting, like. You know, never about zombies. Jason, for example, is a zombie on steroids, yeah. and he's not an interesting character. His backstory is interesting.
0: Well, I love his character arc over the films, so ingenue to psychopathic killer in space,
3: <laughs> which makes no sense because he died as a child, but he came back as a grown man.
0: He, he died in every movie, so if we can accept the fact that he dies in every movie and comes back, I think I can accept him. should like out?
3: a kid going around killing people, but anyway, um, <laughs> I guess you grow in the afterlife. But anyway, so uh, no, but zombies are not great characters themselves. So in order to make a great zombie movie, the human, the characters who are um, not zombies, have to be really good, and because they don't have any plot, I mean, they don't have any schemes or. You know, it's just basically get your rings.
4: You know, <laughs> or, can I can I interject something real quick? Sure. Uh, the only thing I want to disagree with you on is there are a few zombies in this movie that I thought the hero were zombies very, right. very full of character. Right. Oh yeah, like oh, no, um, there was
0: like the hero zombies are awesome in this movie.
4: The um, I, I don't want to say fat, but the bigger one.
0: Oh, yes. The guy who falls into the,
4: the fountain at one point? Uh, but yeah, when he came back on the screen, I was like,
0: oh, he finally got in. Isn't that cool? Okay. <laughs> uh, the nurse, um, the Harry Krishna, the guy with the gun, that, that was my favorite zombie, uh, where he grabs the one gun and he's holding it for the whole movie, and he won't let go of that gun until he gets another gun and he looks at the two and throws the original gun and takes the other one, and it's still pointing at his head. It's like, all you have to do is pull the trigger. You got him. He's aiming at his own head. Go on, do it. Oh, well. But 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 you get what I'm saying though. No, no, no. But I mean, yes, they they zombies are a force of nature as opposed to characters. Right. Um, and you know, and it what it does is it sets up to show what the conflict is with the with people. It actually shows more about people than it does about zombies. Zombies are they're the dead, they come back. And so the fact that people are a fighting to survive. But B, you know, eventually, sooner or later, doesn't matter what they do, they could survive all, you know, as till they're an old man, eventually they're going to die and become a zombie. Mm. That there is no real hope in the end that they will eventually join those ranks, whether as an old person or as Chow, they're eventually gonna join those ranks because we all die. And this is the facing of the death that we all have to do. So this is our sort of denial of death that we're gonna keep fighting and struggling to survive. Um, in some cases, it becomes the point where we'll do anything to survive, and then it becomes like, okay, what's the point of surviving if you give up being what you are? But in, in this movie, it's not so bad, thank goodness, because, um, like I said, you want these people to survive because they're likable. Right. And they're not doing anything horrible. They're doing what most of us would do. Um, I'd even say, hey, the biker gang, as much as they're, you know, assholes were doing what they did, they had some moments that you kind of, it's like, pie fight it's like okay it's stupid but it's like you know what uh how do you face your fears you you mock your fears and if you run up and throw pies into the faces of your uh the the dead they cease to become as scary of course they kind of forgot that those guys can do damage and they end up finding out the hard way but yeah, zombies. But zombies as a whole—they're—they're they're just a force of nature. They're not characters. They're—they're—they—they they could be uh, weather coming in. They could be a storm. They could be the fire in the towering inferno. Right? It's a force of nature. It's not—it's the threat to the people. Jen, you were going to say
2: something. Uh, I was just going to say that—that—that that, that, I think that that is why almost every zombie trope that we've had so far beginning with this one we recognize that it's it's the power of the pack not the Mm -hmm. power of the individual it's not any there's never any one zombie that is like leader i i I think in some ways that's why they are maybe more terrifying most of us because there isn't a leader because it's just sort of horde mentality it's a it's it, there's there's something far less insidious about looking, you know, down at a rat than at a swarm of rats. Even if they are completely Evelyn, you know, there's just something, I think, that's really scary about that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I was going to say, one thing I do like about this movie, too, as far as the characters go, is that... Um... Not everybody was an expert at killing. Um, you see, in the beginning, both uh, Steve and Fran, Flyboy and Fran, were completely incompetent. Um, Steve nearly kills his you know fellow survivors, pointing a gun at, you know to kill a zombie and taking pot shots, missing, and and having the other guy on the other side and not even thinking right. Um, and he has, does a terrible job of you know. So in a lot of shows nowadays, everybody's an expert at killing where it's like okay really are we we're all basically you know built killers that we can just do that instantly so this one there's sort of a learning curve for the people that have to survive like Fran has to learn to like you think about it like in most you know horror tropes the female character is the weak one that has to be saved and is the thing so and at first she seems to be that person I mean she freezes the first time that she comes across a zombie and she doesn't do anything while you know Steve's sitting there on the ground rolling around trying and telling get out get out she just stands it frozen but by the end of the film, you know, she's becomes, you know, capable. In fact, she decides, She tells him, look, I want to learn how to fly the chopper. I want to learn how to shoot. I want to have my voice in the decisions. Because, I mean, you look at it, it's sort of almost a uh, sexist story at first because the guys are, every decision being made, including whether or not, because she's pregnant in this, so whether or not she should have an abortion or not is being discussed by the men without her... In the other room, and she comes out and she's like, "Oh, have we decided that?" You know, to her uh, her boyfriend, and you know, so like she's such an interesting character. I I love her in this, and it's because she at first seems like the weak, useless female character that you find in all old horror films, but she becomes a fully fleshed out person, and she does actually she contributes to the group, and she's the one who's got the sense of saying, "You know what? We can't keep staying in this mall. This is killing us. This is destroying us." the men there are all fixated right from the moment they get into the mall on the fact that there's all this stuff we should stay here there's all this stuff at first it was hey let's just rest for a day we got food and shelter we there we're away but then it's like let's go into the mall let's see what we can get okay and they're risking their lives right to get stuff and through the whole thing she's like you know we should just keep going let's find a safe place this isn't it
2: the, that's what I was saying about the the ultimate extended metaphor about why material things don't matter and why we will take material things even uh, even if it means our death. That that, mm-hmm. that it, it's so pervasive. But the other the flip side of that is that all of the dead went to the mall mm-hmm. where they had spent their lives. Basically, materially hoarding their own stuff, and so it's not—it's—it's it, it's not just that we uh, that like when we die, all all of our sins. Clearly, we're not. Clearly, we no. continue to manifest the same bad behaviors.
0: We just don't know why. Well, and maybe like we do in life, we kind of sleepwalk through the whole thing, and we keep doing these things because we do these things, and that's what happens with the zombies. It's like they don't know why they want to be here. They just know they have to be here. Which is one of the lines one of the characters says about them. Which is you know, which is great. It's because they said, "Oh, they're here for for us." No, they're here for the place. They just know they have to be here. They don't know why. Where would you be then, uh, as a zombie? Oh, I don't know. I think I'd be here. I'd be. I'd be. I'd be. Uh click and uh, the camera would come on and I would just like groan at the camera for an hour and then I'd click it and turn off and then shamble around my room for a while and then next week come back and do the same damn thing.
3: Jen, let me ask you this question, Jen. Okay, you've been bit and you've turned. How many kills you're going to get off before someone um, puts you down?
2: Oh, jeez. No idea, probably a lot because I'm this little five foot one person that looks very unassuming, and even as a zombie, I'm pretty sure people would probably just mistake me for some kid walking out there. So, yeah,
3: <laughs> so you think you'll get just some accidental uh brains,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Did you ever see the word hey, hey,
0: abandoned zombies? These are Romero zombies. I know, they, I know. Being they eat the body. They don't care about the brains. Right. They, they'll they take the legs <laughs> and the intestines and everything else. You, you,
2: you see, that puts me in a really good position. I'm only 5'1. So, I mean, you know, this is that I'm even up on them. I've already consumed half of your thigh. It's great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hmm. What about you, Kentu? How many's on? I think, many I
3: think I'll, I'll get a good six. And then that's before someone gets me. I think I can, get a, I can get a six in. I'll get six. Yeah. Before they take me down. What about you, Josh? How many do you think you would get before they take you down?
4: All of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: the last
2: one.
0: So. Now let's talk about. Okay, so I mean, we all love this film, but let's let's talk. Let's bring out some of the uh, elephants in the room uh, about the film. Just because anyone who's coming to it fresh, there's things you do have to realize and might put you off at first. But we could say you'll know, overlook them if you if you pay attention to this film, you'll overlook these things. Um, we were to talk about the pacing. Um, the zombie look is if you're coming to this fresh is not. I don't know if you saw the tra- if you see the trailer, you can sort of see it. it's basically blue makeup. And people walking around, uh, and it doesn't look convincing. It's not supposed to. This film, he was going for sort of like I said, it's sort of a comic book feel because if you look at it, the blood they have is this really over the top, garish red. It's not like realistic looking blood, and they did it intentionally. The makeup for the, you know, also because it is low budget, they just had to slap on as much makeup on as many extras as they could with a couple of hero zombies that have extra parts on them but for the most part the, oh, thank you we have people in blue makeup shambling around that might put you off but after a while you kind of just accept it i mean this film is great um the acting is not exceptionally stellar for the most part there's a lot of other characters come in and they're a little over the top in some cases or they're really not great in others but um once again, the main characters, though, I mean, I love all of them. I think they all put in a great performance, and they come across as genuine, real people. They're not character types. They're not, you know, here is the, the cop. and I mean, two of them are police officers, but they don't come across as this is the tough cop, and this is the grizzled cop, and here is the housewife, and here is the – like, they have jobs, but that's not the characters and their characters are kind of interesting in a way, and the way they bond is really interesting too. And so our main characters are really good, but a lot of the extras, including some of the zombies, some of the zombies are not good. Uh, some of them are over the top, some of them are good, but, um, uh, but the other guys, sometimes they come across like the opening where you see all the people in the studio, where it's pandemonium and everything. Uh, some of the actors are really. Oh, there's one guy who's supposedly angry, and he's doing this all the time. Bah, bah. I, I don't know what that is. Is that anger or is that him having a seizure? I don't know, but he's doing that through the whole thing in the background, and it's just awful.
3: So, so becoming a zombie gives you blue balls. Uh,
0: blue ball. Well, blue everything. <laughs> yes. I'm assuming that's the blood draining away from you turns you sort of a blue pallor.
3: Oh, make sure I don't turn into one.
0: Now mind you, the makeup for the other actors, as we can see in this scene here, the the guy who's supposedly Mexican is done in really bad brown makeup with a bad wig and he actually says things like "Cheers a million coppers." And I'm like oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> He's supposed to be Puerto Rican, if I remember correctly. But, yes. Um, yeah, and, and we know that because a racist cop goes and, you know, screams about... Well, there he is there, not looking very convincing as a Puerto Rican. In fact, you know, that could be something from the 30s or 40s, for God's sakes. But, you know, cheap films sometimes... Mm-hmm. You do what you got to do to get because he's like i typed this in he's a puerto rican and these are poor people being assaulted by the police and so you can see what the writer is trying to do and the director is trying to do didn't have the resources didn't have maybe certain actors and decided this will do so yes there's some bits in there that kind of you know don't work as well but i oh, was sorry excuse me but as a whole um, this film is definitely entertaining. This film has a lot of influence. Every zombie film you have, this film is the influence. Yeah. Uh, Night of the Living Dead was the start, and it's a... And I'll say, you look at that, Night of the Living Dead was bleak. It was a dark, bleak film. This film, not so much. There's a lot of color. There's a lot of... I mean, even with the gore and the excess stuff, the, the better effects were the gore effects. Because, like I said, it looks cheap with the blue makeup, but the gore effects are gross and disgusting and awesomely visceral. Um, uh, like, the know, bite of he, that
2: You know, <laughs> even, just, even just the tone of this movie is, is far more optimistic, optimistic yes. like, you know, uh, that the, the, there's some redeeming value in it. I mean, that there are escapes, that there are... Yes. That the, the sense of dread and inevitability are, are very... <clears throat> prominently lacking which is kind of interesting well, and I, think that's imp-
0: I think that's intentional too because they're in this mall they're locked away from the rest of the world in their fantasy world where they get everything they want and they keep forgetting the danger in fact I think that scene where um, uh, Peter is playing tennis against the wall by himself And he stops, and these are all bored. And this whole time, it's just nothing but stuff in the mall, uh, the montage in the mall, nothing but stuff they're doing in the mall for like a good 10, 15 minutes. And it ends with him doing this thing, and the ball kind of bounces off, goes over the ledge, and lands on a a dead corpse of one of the things. And you see the zombies, and all of a sudden the music goes, and suddenly you realize, oh, yeah, they're completely surrounded by the dead. And you hadn't seen them or heard of them for that entire time. And that's sort of, I think, intentional, I think. Let me let me ask see, you a question. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: <clears throat> I was just going to say, and see, that the what I think makes this so striking is if you've seen the um, if you've seen the the second remake of this, where they are again in the mall and mm-hmm. they're they're. The, they still do a lot of the same stuff. They still do a lot of the same, you know, the groups get together and they're troped and <clears throat> there's still a lot of the same sort of overarching uh, meta plots going on. But what is interesting is there is a sense of inevitability. There is a sense of absolute, uh, even the end credits, you know, speak mm-hmm. to a, a kind of, okay, well, and and that is so different in the George Romero in this George Romero piece than well, I have. Im-
0: there's a reason for that, though, because um, you know that scene where Buddy busts in and takes his shotgun and blasts that guy head that guy's head open. Uh, in the in the okay,
2: yep.
0: If you look very closely, it's a painted over uh, face. It's actually. Uh, a bust of Galen Ross's head that was painted over uh, in uh, brown paint or whatever they did to, to change it. But th- the original ending was Peter was going to stay where he did, and she was going to watch as the zombies are coming up, realizing he's gone, realizing it's all hopeless, and puts her head up into the helicopter blades. And that was the original written written ending for the movie. And by the time they were getting to the end, Romero's like, I like these people too much. I wanna give them a happy ending, even though we know there's not gonna be a happy ending for them in the end. There's not gonna be far they're gonna go. They're gonna run out of fuel. Eventually things are gonna go bad for them. But at least for our sakes, there's it's a sort of a happy ending and but the original ending was was going to be bleak it was going to be peter lets himself get torn apart down in the in the the mall because he doesn't want to leave it and she realizes there's no hope and has her head chopped off by the helicopter blades
3: what a way to go by the way
0: yeah yeah by the way my favorite scene in this movie is the zombie with that gets his head chopped off with the helicopter blades when they're in the airport, which is one of my favorite things. The only part of that is that you could see that they built up the head and everything, and something went wrong, so it kind of flattened, so he almost had a Frankenstein look. So you could say there's something wrong with that guy's forehead. It's way too tall, and his head's way too flat. I think something's going to happen to that head.
3: But hey, we're- hey, we have to do our due diligence. Kids, if there's any kids listening, do not stick your head in the helicopter blades. No, 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 no. Please don't. Don't do it. No, no. That is. <laughs> Let me ask uh, you a question, uh King. Um, and then we can filter it out. Uh um in 1978, this film comes out and it's the sequel. And yes, you know, now we have a lot of reboots and sequel mania and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. this movie came out what 10 years after nine years or so, yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, can you give can you give us some perspective on sequels at that time like uh the idea of doing a sequel and-
0: well i mean sequels are not, not not something unusual i mean you think about the you had the entire bond series that was going on mm-hmm. you had the planet of the Apes series that was going on um uh, even the ripoffs of bond you had our man flynn or whatever there was like three well, movies of that so sequels well,
3: aren't- no i mean i'm not saying that it's new but was there a huge public outcry for sequels?
0: No, no no you can understand i'm a lot Think about the way films were done back then it was one and done, right? And if you're lucky, it went on TV, right? Uh, if it was, you know, one of those films that could be made for TV, or it was bastardized into the television version, where a they they killed the uh, aspect ratio and make it four by three to go to TV, and then they overdub all the offensive language and edit out any offensive scene. But, but so. it was
3: sequels like a dirty word though? Because I no. can remember reading something about no. Charlton Heston never wanted to do a sequel and he was forced to do the sequel of planet of the apes
0: well there was the idea that sequels i mean sequels were always cheaper Mm
3: -hmm. Uh,
0: if you look at the planet of the apes uh, sequels for example uh they put less money in each time because the the thinking of the time was it was always a lot of diminishing returns so you basically milked that sucker until nobody wanted to see it anymore Mm -hmm. but you always put less in each time and you know Hope for the best. Now there was exceptions. I mean, Godfather 2 uh was a superior sequel to the first one, got Oscar nominations and, and awards as well. So and um but then you look at things like uh let's let's say uh, French Connection 2, not so much. Mm-hmm. Exorcist two, oh god no.
3: Mm-hmm. I know, like, or, more, or like oh devil no.
0: <laughs> no no, oh god no, just don't watch it, dude. It's awful, awful <laughs> movie.
3: Well can't the devil get some revenge in the
2: sequel? No. <laughs> also he got uh, he a bad rap. And, and I
3: wanna thank you, thank everybody for not select choosing uh, the Exorcist Two on this list
0: of movies to review. Not this time. Maybe next time.
2: If, if we're gonna do one, we gotta do Exorcist Three.
3: That's oh jeez. Uh, that one I might be sick uh, that day. <laughs>
0: Yeah. if you that's want to do cheese I actually...
3: do.
0: no, because I want to see James Earl Jones being attacked by locusts while wearing his tribal gear this
3: you know? <laughs> is hilarious oh,
2: God. Uh... but, but... There's, a, there's a George Romero uh, angle in all of this which is that George Romero didn't have much people weren't expecting the same things from George Romero in the beginning as they were when this movie came out and then it really was a, a big expectation. So maybe it, that's, maybe, I, I feel like I feel that in the movie. Oh, you, know you know what, I think
0: I that would be, the, I think for Day of the Dead, yes. For this one, no. Um, George had been putting out a couple of films here and there, um, The Crazies, uh, Martin and uh, a couple of others and hadn't been doing so well. But he uh, Night Riders was after. Oh. Night Riders was after this one. But um, he was doing his thing. Like he liked to make independent films. He didn't want to do a sequel. He was approached by uh, the Italian uh, producer. Ar- I'm gonna say it right, Argino? Journal. Anyways, he was you know, and they came to say, make a sequel. Everyone loves Night Living Dead. Here you go. I'll give you money. Make a sequel. And he, he was <laughs> at first. And it, the irony is in the end the only films he started making after, you know, 1980s, after the 80s, um, were sequels. I think, I can't remember what the last uh, commercial film he did, was it Monkey Shines? What a great concept,
3: too, by the way, Monkey Shine. You (laughs) better not pick Monkey Shines, (laughs) by the (laughs) way.
0: But, I mean, I think that was the last big budget film he did. Well, Land of the Dead, of course, but we're not, I'm better saying non, um, you know, zombie film. Then he did Land of the Dead, and that was it. That was the rest of his career was just trying to recapture the magic by doing you know, zombie film after zombie film until his death, um, and not getting backing or, or anything like that, which is kind of a shame. Um, because the guy the guy was creative and he wasn't just zombies, um, mm-hmm. he did a whole like I love uh, Martin, I like uh, a crazies is a bizarre. I mean, they did a remake of crazies, so I mean, it, it was an interesting film, but. know it's it's kind of sad that in the end like i mean i have all his his zombie films because uh, he's you know i loved his stuff and you know even his last one which was not great and was very low budget i mean we're talking cgi heads on sticks and everything that just looked awful but he still had a kernel of an interesting story in there which was a feud between two families and it was like okay it's not the best executed. The effects are cheap. It's it's it is cheap looking all around. But the idea was interesting. He always had these big ideas, interesting ideas. And this film is where it worked. He had the idea of doing them all, and it worked really well. Is it his best zombie film? I don't know. Uh, it's one of his best ones. I think Day of the Dead is his best. Day? That's a, yes. That's the one
2: with the talking. Really?
0: Yes, that's the one in the mind. Yes, I don't know about that.
2: Like, uh, I don't oh. know about that either.
0: See, uh, Americans don't like it. That's there's a reason. You guys have a very interesting. Wait a
3: minute. They don't have um, freedom of choice in uh, Canada, right?
0: Of course we do. Oh, we got a Charter of rights and freedoms. Gosh darn it. <laughs> We're not allowed to swear, but you know, uh,
3: no swearing, and
0: in- and you always have to say excuse me and sorry. Sorry, and
2: go ahead. And put that weird stuff on your fries, <laughs> too.
3: Um, yeah. OK, so Josh, as our resident pop culture analyst, close the door, please. Sorry about that. Um, I can close the door. No problem.
0: <laughs> thanks, thanks, Josh. Good, uh, good thing that pop culture has helped. So, close the door.
3: So um, all right, if you had to hold up in a um, an American mall uh, during the zombie apocalypse, What are some of the places you will frequent in the mall? I I mean, Wetzel's Pretzels, pretty cool, right?
4: I don't know what that is.
3: Uh, They sell big pretzels.
4: Oh, uh, over here, it's like Annie Ann's.
3: Yeah, we have that too.
4: Uh, Where would I hold up in a mall? Let's see. Uh, What year?
3: 2019.
4: Okay, how successful is the mall?
3: Your Jacksonville Mall that you have
4: because half half of one of them is completely empty. <laughs> the, the, the one not empty. The one not empty? Yes, okay. the one that's decent.
3: Your kids actually might want to go to that one.
4: Okay, so if we're going to do Jacksonville proper, not the closest one, um, so that'll be the Avenues Mall. Where would I go in there? Um, electricity?
3: Is that a place? A store?
4: No, is, no. Do I have electricity at the place? You
3: got electricity.
4: Powered.
0: <laughs> that's how they explained the film. Which, by the way, sorry to interrupt, but that's a scarier thought because think about it, the nuclear plant is unmanned. Those right. things need people to keep going, or things go bad. So you'd, you'd rather have a hydro plant. It would have been a better answer. Sorry, go ahead.
4: Go ahead. Like Last Man on Earth. That was the. <laughs> anyway. Let's see. First, you know, of course, I would have to make sure I'm stocked up on uh, weapons and that, that sort of thing. So a trip to Dick's uh, <laughs> sporting goods would probably be in order. Um, and to be honest, I know we're talking about how most of the guys in the film were like just going crazy over, you know, let's get this stuff right. Mm-hmm. I uh, I honestly... Think that to prevent myself from going absolutely insane, I would need to take a trip to the FYE or the GameStop just so I have something to do when I'm not actively murdering uh, the undead. GameStop.
3: (laughs) Are you going to, when are you going to have the last of them? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gonna be
4: like zombie stuff. It's
0: when well, I'm not killing them, I'm fake.
4: Resident <laughs> Evil there we go. Minecraft. This doesn't take me out of reality at all.
0: <laughs> Look at the creepers. Oh.
4: Uh, what about food? Are you gonna go to Sbarro's? or well? Uh, I just figured whatever I felt like at the time, you know. Uh, Taco Bell one day, you know, Sbarro <laughs> another day. Just whatever I'm feeling.
0: Okay, Taco Bell's bad at the... <laughs> After Zombie Apocalypse, where the meat's been sitting there for about well, several weeks, the month, I don't think it's going to get any better. Well,
2: It probably isn't going to get any worse.
0: Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. How would I notice? What, what you're saying, <laughs> to
0: the amount of bacteria that's on those things, and it can't get any more than that.
4: And everyone knows fire sauce kills everything.
2: Yeah, right. I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say that. What? What,
3: what about you, Jen? What are you get? What are you gonna be uh, frequenting in that mall? Oh, in your close mall to you.
2: Oh man, it, the only close. This is really unfair because the only close mall to me on on Maui is this one. There's one mall. One. So I okay. So so I guess the the what I could is Locking myself in the movie theater and just rerun whatever is out in the theaters at the moment. So
3: oh no, do you want to be somewhere different. dark though?
2: What's just that? Saying.
3: Do you really want to be somewhere dark?
2: Yeah, well, like I said, a little it works to my advantage. I mean, they can't see me either. So look
0: at the, the choice of films these days. You really want to be watching those over and over again?
2: I, I feel like I feel like I'd rather be in that reality than the one outside. Oh,
3: you can see, I don't know. You can like, see dark like green over and over.
2: Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> it could uh, be an it, Adam it, Sandler it, it, film. Listen, oh, it, no. hey. okay. Yeah. The, the, I, in that case, yeah, I think I'd actually rather die. Um yes. I, I I I am just hoping that we can time the zo- the zombie apocalypse with uh a Weekend when like uh, a Chris Hemsworth movie comes out or something, that would be good. So maybe during one of those
4: Marvel marathons?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. See?
2: yeah. That yeah
3: and even right now, you would have Men in Black uh, International. So that's right. You can go for Chris Hemsworth. I'll go for uh, Tessa Thompson. I
2: I, I I would actually like to just you know back that up with this uh with this small which is I'm really not rooting for the end of the world I mean I guess there's no good way for the end of the world to happen the end of the world happens a zombie apocalypse I've seen too many zombie apocalypse movies to think that there is any way we are ever getting anything out of it so yeah
3: Um, let me let me ask this question then zombie apocalypse happened right there's got to be an asshole in your life or maybe in the past, maybe an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, maybe ex-boss that fired you. Is there any, you don't have to give any names, but is there anybody you can think of, you don't have to say who it is, that if you saw them roaming around as a zombie and you had a chance to be the one that puts them down, (laughs) is there anybody you would, you know, that you would be like, oh, yes. Like back away! Uh, I got this one.
2: Do <laughs> do political figures? Stop? Because I can think of several.
3: Right <laughs> off the oh bat. yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Yes.
2: In fact, you know what? I will make a special trip from Hawaii to Washington D.C. just for the big event. Yes. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you this though: in the world where the dead are walking around. I would. The only thing I want, besides having enough food to eat, is uh, a lot of Vicks vapor rub to put under my nose because that world will reek like nothing on earth. I have smelled what a dead raccoon smells like, and to have millions of dead people walking around, it will not be a. It will be a very pungent world. Right. So if no, 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 there, no. If no. That's not. That, yeah.
2: That's not how it works. Look, oh. we, we. we no, yeah, we had this discussion in uh, in a writers group where okay. we were basically mapping out the end of the world. And what uh-huh. we decided was, whatever the virus is that basically reanimates the body, it also completely and totally makes it not smell cool. at all. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that sounds like writers wanting to make sure. That- <laughs> To yeah, way something that's going to be the reality. It's like, a crap of bullshit. Are going to it, it. it would I mean,
4: explain why <laughs> nobody smells them coming and, they yeah, and the sneak thing. up on people.
0: Yeah, yeah. People are going, Oh crap,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, no, it's me. Sorry, I didn't wash in five <laughs> days.
3: <laughs> you know the difference, though? See, I'm the only person in this conversation who's not a parent, but I'm kind of jealous of you guys in a zombie apocalypse. What better bonding time would you all have? to kill zombies with your kids. Wouldn't that be awesome?
2: What
0: are you talking about? abusing would be using them as uh, bait to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> Go run down there. Hey, daddy's got to escape this way.
3: How, how cute, like, <laughs> Josh has some of the cutest little girls. How cute mm-hmm. would it be to see Jack as a father giving one of his cute little girls a chainsaw and say, all right, sweetie. Oh, really <laughs> right. <laughs>
4: I'm writing this. <laughs> Copyright trademark. <laughs>
2: So my, my, my kid, one of my kids is actually studying for something called the ISA arborist test. And uh-huh. a big part of that is his, got his chainsaw. He's got all his tree slaying tools. And so I'm standing right behind him. I, the, there has never been a time in my life when I would ever have, th- th- think, uh, you know what? This is why I had kids. I had kids so that they could protect me in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, oh! Do, you, do you, Josh? Does any of your kids you think can handle a chainsaw? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, how, how proud would you I be like that no hesitation when one of your little sweethearts come back with blood all over in the chainsaw? Like I got him, Daddy. <laughs> That'd be worth a high five
0: right there. <laughs> I'm going to throw a damper on this. Uh, anyone who's ever used a chainsaw, when you hit a knot <laughs> or anything that would block it, it kind of locks up and becomes useless. And so, or, I don't think you can get rid of all those zombies around you using an unwieldy weapon such as a chainsaw.
3: Well, we know you would. You and your boys would have uh, hockey pucks. No, run. Uh, not hockey sticks. It's I'm just sorry. Running.
0: Just running. They shamble. You run. <laughs> Only an idiot would sit there and go, You know what? I'm gonna fight all these guys now. It's like after a while, you're gonna get tired. They don't, um, so like 15th swing with your katana or your chainsaw, you're like Ugh. okay, I'm tired of this, and they're just gonna keep coming. And you're you know you can do? the bodies are piling up around you, like oh, okay, well, I didn't get him enough, and he's grabbing me now, he's biting on my ankle. Uh oh, <laughs> run, let's run. Run! Find a place high. You know, go go to a building, lock all the doors, stay up on top, and hope they don't climb the stairs.
3: You know what? After this show, I'm going to make a baby. So, what? How? By how yourself? How, no, no, no. Like I, I a what? Yeah. Oh, what? What are we for, talking? For about? a right. moment, I was I actually intrigued. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: I need a I've partner. I've got two test tubes.
2: What? Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> I need a partner, Josh. What is what is the age? What's baby? What's how young can my kid be before they can properly kill zombies and you feel comfortable putting them out there?
4: Oh, well, it depends on, you know, how you raise them. Um, I would imagine for something slow, you know, something that doesn't present much of a challenge, maybe six.
0: Six? That's for uh-huh. Not killing. <laughs> it's all okay. right. You have to kill the brain, so you have to get through that Thing <laughs> the skull, which, despite the you know the damage you can do by shaking it around, that's not going to kill the zombies. You have to break through that thing. and You crossbow right
3: Josh, so Josh is from the south. Okay, so most no, of the I'm, I'm
4: in the south. south. Uh, okay. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I'm in. He doesn't sound southern.
3: I know, right? He doesn't have a draw.
0: He don't
4: have draw. I, I shook it off.
0: <laughs>
3: younger. it's his professional um,
4: voice his radio voice to, uh, to finish the thought Sorry, for a bigger challenge again depending on the training uh, I think you can go 9 or 10 a la kick ass you know hit girl mm-hmm. that's uh, that's kind of who I wanted my kids to be like you know
2: a <laughs> <Our laughs> psychopath <laughs> hey, girl's not?
4: not a psychopath. Absolutely, she's a sweetheart.
0: She that that was what the comic was about the fact that the father had, like totally damaged his daughter and turned her into a psychopath because he couldn't handle the real
4: world. That's that's considered damage. Yes, I consider it highly specialized training. Like, yeah, I agree. Kill yeah. people. Some you know, people need, need killing. No, we don't need wow. that. No. <laughs> That, that's just a Canadian mindset, though.
3: Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. Oh, uh, so, dang, I have a decade. so I better hop on getting making this baby. I got a decade before they're going to be hunting zombies with me? Yeah. yeah Don't
0: about worry. The zombie apocalypse is not going to happen. We've got one thing on our side. Dogs. Dogs <laughs> love to eat rotten meat. Uh, the zombies will be finished within a week. Yeah. Oh, and let everything you off their what? leash, and they'll just chew those things.
3: Have you, have you heard like, of? You know um, what? I can't. Natural? I can't. And flies.
2: Through, I, I uh, can't go through another. I am Legend. So keep the dogs out of it, because I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. Are lose
0: you The dogs will have the greatest time in their life. They'll be sitting there <sighs> chewing bones and legs and arms and everything. Didn't I mean, you have see you heard of, have I Am Legend? I avoided it like the plague because I saw bits of it, and it was awful. Oh, no, it was pretty decent. I
2: I actually liked that movie. <laughs> I read the
0: book. I, am, I legend. am Legend. I read the book and I thought Will Smith is not that character. I cannot.
2: It's definitely it. a different story. It's I mean it's it, it's it's even told I think from an adaptive standpoint. It's really told a bit differently in the movie than it is in the book.
0: Yeah, and why was he alone and everybody else had a group? And uh, well, I'm not gonna ask. It's
2: it's very different. It's just very different. And and I can at some point I can tell you why he's alone. Uh, There were a lot of things that made sense if you really read into it. But yeah, you got to read into it.
0: Well, and the fact. Well, also the fact they changed the ending and everything because what will look like a bad guy, and so they turned the things into mindless creatures. And and and, no, forget it. I rather like the. uh, the, I mean, I love the book. Um, I like the Vincent Price version. I'm even a bit of a fan of Omega Man. Hate to say it,
4: but even you, then.
2: We, we know. That's, we
4: the know. Version. that's the goofy version. <laughs> of it. What about Warm Bodies? Warm Bodies? I haven't yes.
0: I haven't seen that.
4: Well, it, yeah, it is a movie. I haven't watched the movie, but I read the book. Okay. And it was uh, it was a good book
0: haven't seen that one or read it. zombie of the in love oh Aww. Aww. with what the arm the a leg <laughs> yeah but what part just the leg thigh her as a person
4: <laughs> he did eat her boyfriend's brain but you know oh
0: yeah man do zombies need love well you know it depends uh the what's it called the what's the, the santa clara diet or whatever it was it's It's funny and it's the first time i've seen uh, tim uh not look angry i can't i can't go back to watching his old stuff now because he's so goofy in this and he's He's so cheerful (laughs) this is the guy that you know you know if you looked at him in any like deadwood and um uh, what the heck was the other series he was in um just justified. justified. Yeah. So every time he even looked at you, you, you thought you were being punched in the face with him just looking at you. You just saw rage in that guy. And in this show, he was just like so cheerful and, and even you in know, the worst situation, I was
3: oh, just, loved it. just to
2: bring it all the way back around. Timothy Oliphant yes. is also the major protagonist in the crazies. So,
3: oh, that's right.
0: I forgot about that.
2: Yep. Timothy
3: Oliphant is the, he might, he's up there with best talk show guests. He is hilarious yep. as a talk show guest. He is yeah. funny. I, I, I always watch. I don't care what he's promoting. I'll tell you, he, he knows, knows how to do talks angry. About it. He never Girl, He, he never talks how about how to do
0: angry. That guy, oh,
3: he's hilarious. Have you ever seen him in a talk show? I um, have, I have. No, he's, I he's awesome.
2: He's he's one of those people that's like, Look, you know what? I don't care that he's famous or whatever. I would love to just sit down and have like a whole bottle of wine chat because ha- he's so personable. Everything about him is personable.
0: Nice, totally
2: yes. love him.
3: Yeah, Timothy, he's, We're he's great, uh, haven't we? Oh yeah, we've definitely strayed. Maybe we should get to the scores. Huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just thought to say, you know, we haven't talked about Dawn of the Dead in a while. This is I great. know. So, right? Can, can all... I bring something up
4: real quick about Dawn of the Dead?
0: Yes, one hundred percent.
4: I I made uh, a couple of notes uh, when I was watching. Um, there there was one scene where a guy was thrown off the roof, and you had that. Ah!
2: <laughs> I remember
4: that. Yep. Or or uh the delivery of and I'm, I'm glad it was in the trailer. Uh the delivery of the line shoot it, man. Shoot <laughs> it in the head. <laughs> and and they, they it, it replays, but the the thing that I I that stuck out so hard to me that I, I made this note. Um the the scene with the racist sniper. Yes, I wrote this is how you do racism, Clint Eastwood,
3: because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grand cool
4: Torino was a little, you know, on the tame side of the racism spectrum. So yeah, I figured that was uh...
3: Grand Torino. Uh, yeah,
0: I didn't see that because uh, I kind to watch. I, I mean, I like zombie films, but I didn't want to watch Clint Eastwood anymore. Because he's like a zombie now. <laughs> oh, yes, it, was he, it was after he started talking to a chair when I said, "This man is demented, not demented. He's got dementia. Sorry." <laughs> Hilarious. I got a colostomy bag too. Um, it's you know, it, it's time for this guy to be put to pasture. You know, well, bring him to that place in, in you know I think it's a way where they've got a whole village for people who are, who are, uh, have Alzheimer's and they basically have fake banks and fakes and everything so these people go in to do their daily stuff which in the real world will probably ruin them and do bad things but they there's no actual money being transferred they just think there is and they go to the different places they can
4: make a mayor yeah.
0: well not necessarily Experience. But they go to a bank it's like oh i want to do this uh, and doing all this stuff that would normally you know if you went to a real bank would probably cause a lot of trouble for them but these are fake banks that were no money's going but they feel like they're doing their daily stuff and so they're happy and they're pleasant, and everything's you know, so they have that illusion that they're just living their life normally. I
4: okay. want to live in a fake old people town and work there, sounds and then, pleasant, and then bilk them for everything they're worth. Yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> all right. Everybody so- has hard candies in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah.
0: Would you like some ribbon candy? No, I do not want ribbon Yes, have some ribbon candy. It will be like Dawn of the Dead, except for old people. And they'd be just swarming you. Give Grammy a kiss. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, it's time to do our scores.
4: Joshua, you get to go first. Okay, on a scale of one to a million, right? Uh, no. We stop at ten.
3: Ten. We can't. I can't count that out.
0: We need fingers and toes. No, that's twenty. <laughs> oh, yeah. or fifteen in my case.
3: Hey.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will. Um, I will begin disseminating numbers. Uh, do you again? Do you want me to go all at once, or are we do one at a time?
3: Uh, yeah. Do your all your scores, but you know, give a little something. To them.
4: Okay, story. Story. I am going to say the story was very good is an understatement, but excellent might be a little overdoing it. But just the fact that we were, I mean, it was not a short movie. Uh, Clocked in at what, a little over two and a half hours. It did give a lot of time for uh, development of the characters. And it really made us feel something for everybody, whether you like them or or you hate them you, you were you would have some sort of emotion when it came to their fate, so it was it did pull me in, and the other side of that is while. You know, there are deeper meanings to the locations and the the backgrounds of everybody and and how everybody, you know, mixed uh, to most on the surface. It might just appear to be just another zombie movie, even if it was, you know, one of the originators. So balancing good plot with basic... uh, Basicness of it being a zombie movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a, a seven.
3: Oh no, I'm sorry. Do story, do story. I'm. I was wondering if was gonna do your score for story acting. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry.
4: Yeah, that's what did that you story? He's two point three.
3: Oh, so an eight or a seven? Seventy-seven.
4: Seven. Okay.
3: Oh, okay. I thought you said eighty-seven. I was like, uh. eighty
4: seven <laughs> no. oh, Yes. All right then uh then comes the acting while some characters were pretty low key and mellow and pretty even throughout others seemed a little over the top especially what what was the thought that i had it was you always knew when the extras or or the some of the zombies or or you know background panicky people we just happy to be involved with the production of a film because they were the ones with the big smiles on their faces during all of the chaos, uh, like uh, when everybody was like grabbing guns, and then you just see them like you know not not the I you know what there were some cheese and extras on that <laughs> in this movie so. I'm not really going to count that as acting, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, The acting. I'm going to have to give that a... some of the lines delivered were just bad. Some were really good. So I will go... I'm going to lean a little bit more on the benefit of the doubt and give it a six. Because I do think there were some good performances in it. Uh, the score, sound, and design. Hmm. They're, they're so such a blend of good sound effects of you know and 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 the other side is the really at times weird music, and and the weird times it would pop up. I'm going to go six. Six. Yes. Production quality. Okay. I give them all the credit in the world. Uh, The blue paint. Okay. Sure. Um, Maybe this is taking a little bit, taking place a little bit after Mm -hmm. everything or what have you. Uh, It did lead me to think, you know, not everyone that turned looks like they got into a car accident because they weren't. Not everybody that turned has been mutilated because they, they, they weren't. Why does every zombie in all of these zombie movies have to look like they have been dead for a decade? What about the ones that, I don't know... Maybe they just had a heart attack. Why would they be all bloody and and gorged out and have all sorts of missing flesh? So you know, give give them that. Uh, blue makeup's fine. The mall, the set design, top notch. Uh, it, I don't know the backstory on the location. Uh, But to me, it looked like they just got permission to wreck a mall, like a legit mall. Yep. And, you know, I'm like more power to that. You know, you break it, you bought it, whatnot. So I don't think I can go any lower than a seven because there were you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it up to an eight because the the gore while not super realistic, it, it was more of a, an artistic choice. And I think it worked very well for the movie. You know, kinda like when Tarantino uh, you know, totally taking off the Romero uh, gore factor. Uh, blood Everywhere kind of stuff. But of course today it's it's much more exaggerated. But the overall entertainment value of the movie, the meshing together of everything, and basically I asked myself would I watch it again? Um, I don't know if I'd watch it again anytime soon because it does take a bit of a, a time investment, but it does have a unique cast of characters, and, and for me, that's always the the drawing point to a story is is watching the characters and their their arcs unfold. Uh, so I did enjoy it, so I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it an eight. Scores disseminated.
0: Who's next? Kinti, you're muted.
2: I can go next. I can go next. Oh, continue. okay. uh,
3: All right, so story. Story, I gave it a six. Uh, I think the story is pretty cool. Uh, A great uh, expansion onto what they did in the first round. I think it works very well as a sequel. It does everything that you want it to do in a sequel. Uh, i thought it was pretty good the acting was probably the worst part of it just because they didn't have like the greatest actors in the world um so but the, so i gave it a five the score and the sound design um for what they had the what they were working with i thought it was pretty cool uh so i gave it a seven uh production quality gave it a seven i mean you know it looked great very you know great setting uh the overall look of the film was pretty good and um i think uh it was you Uh, King who um, mentioned how everything was bright and all of that, that was a a really good choice. Um, And overall, entertainment value, got to give it a strong eight. It's an excellent film and it is uh, one of the best films that we've had uh, on the show. So overall, I give it a 33. So Jen.
2: All right, Uh, story. Uh, I gave this one of the highest that I think I've given a movie that we've seen on Cinema du Formage, gave it a nine. I not only like the concept of the story, but I love the story delivery. It's just so, uh, there's there's so much meta going on in it, but it's also that wonderful allegory of just human wastefulness. Um, Acting, I only gave it a six, not because I didn't like the zombies or anything like that, just... There were some flat spots and some of the people, I don't know, there was definitely uh, almost a boredom factor that felt pervasive in certain scenes. Although still, I still think that they did a pretty good job Uh, score on this one. I only gave a six. I feel like there's something missing for me with this. I don't know whether the sound editing just didn't quite work in here or whether they didn't integrate properly, or, or whether it was intentional but to me, it didn't quite resonate and I didn't like it as much. I, I, it just made me feel uncomfortable in some places. So I only gave it a six. Uh, production, however, I gave an eight. Uh, I absolutely love every single aspect of this movie from the way that even when they are on the stairs, how they shoot up and down, I loved that. Uh, I loved the, the points of view shots that felt sort of more... Uh, up close and in your face. I even liked the ridiculous shots, like the one where the zombies uh, figures out that he can go through the wall and then they all sort of push in on the wall. And it just looks like one giant piece of wallpaper that it was sort of funny, but it, 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 even just that production value is actually really good. So I gave it an eight and overall entertainment. I gave an eight. I would absolutely watch this movie again, even tonight it gets my full-throated endorsement
3: wow full-throated indeed wow. I, I could insert a joke but i will not
2: uh, keep it clean keep it clean
0: <laughs> it would be a clean you don't joke think you can after what you said but okay <laughs> all right my turn story um definitely a nine um let's face it it's a great fantasy i mean any of us were like where would you hold up in a zombie apocalypse you 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 would go to the mall kind of thing the idea i i what about my makeup for last week oh get out of (laughs) here i'm watching what you're writing there anyway sorry um but yeah it's the the way that everything unfolds and everything in this it's great. You get the feel of everything collapsing right from the start. You're watching a news pro- uh, production that is just falling apart where the normal decorum with a professionalism is out the window and everybody is just chasing down, you know, uh, trying to get things done. And one guy's just trying to put things up on the the, the, the Chiron that for places that closed down, even though, you know, he knows to close. It doesn't matter because he's going to get um you know ratings, and that's all he cares about. Um, and the, the themes of the, the thing was all about you know the pettiness of people against the overwhelming things that are coming at us. I love that uh, acting. It's such a mixed bag, from the worst actors to the best actors. Like I said, the main characters, I loved every one of their performances. Um, the non-main characters are pretty awful. They're the the one cop who's like, "You got smokes? Where are you going?" Up okay, you know that. Oh, it's just like oh, so it's so mixed. I, I want to say, yeah, I'm gonna give it a six only because the good performances outweigh the bad performances, and because the main four are prevalent for most of the film, so you're watching mostly their stuff. Uh, score and sound design. Um, it's a mono film from the 70s, so it's not gonna have the greatest sound design, but it's got the gonk which is my favorite piece of music of all time, which is the one where they end it with, you know, and even the ending where the credits are rolling and then it ends with the sound of the bell tolling and the clock inside and the sounds of just the zombies, oh, and the moans. And it just keeps going for a while longer. i like, okay, that's awesome. That's actually a, a nice bleak way of going. Yeah, we showed you the heroes getting away, but this is what the rest of the world they're going to. So that is a sound design is going to get an eight. I liked, I liked the weird music throughout the whole damn thing, um, the production quality. So first the look of the film, it's not a pretty looking film. It's definitely a cheap production. Uh, it's very flatly uh, lit. It's a very flat picture. The reason for that is they basically went to the Monroeville Mall in Pittsburgh, which is where this was filmed in the night in winter, and shot where they could. But the end result is, you know, with it's not, you know, it's 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 kind of gritty and kind of bland looking, but the visual effects change that so you got some great shot and there's some interesting shots throughout the whole thing but the visual effects the over the top blood the uh the the great effects you know the killing effects on the zombies like the machete in the head and the the chopper taking off the top of the head and the the killing of the bikers and everything raises that up so i'm gonna give that a seven overall entertainment uh it's not a perfect film but i love this film so much i i've watched this a hundred times in all its different versions i i'll go back to it time and time again it's i'm not going to say perfect so i'm not going to give it a 10 but i'm giving it a nine because i just enjoy the heck out of this film it, it makes you you watch it you think you almost kind of when you're watching it you're thinking what would i do in this situation and Obviously, other people did, too, because they've made so many different variations of this film in the different incarnations of the zombie films that other people have watched this film and had the same thoughts. What would I do in this thing? What would I do in the apocalypse? And this film kind of got everyone thinking that. So, yeah, that's that's my review of my favorite film this this season, because there's a lot of stinkers this season. (laughs) Tron of the Dead.
3: All right. All right. So while I do some ad, Uh Jen, why don't you do your thing?
2: All right. So th- I got two things, actually, because next is a movie that I chose. And so I'm going to preface it with a little bit of information so y'all don't come back here and hate me next week. Uh, just fair warning. Uh, So for Movies at the Meal this week, I actually chose to do just a little bit of something that I've done before, but really liked it. I made the zombie meatloaf. Uh, It's really awesome. It's meatloaf in the shape of a skull, and you wrap it with bacon. It tastes amazing. And if you coat it with barbecue sauce the way that we did inside of the picture, it gives that awesome kind of strange bloody kind of look. Uh we did think about using blue food dye to celebrate this particular film because I don't think blue meat but experiment. I'm sure that that could be a thing. So that's I what like movies, mistake. movies Make the Meal this week was a little bit more tame than normal. <laughs> oh. Um and Next week is this movie that's called "Let's Scare Jessica to Death," and uh,
0: I'm it, it, gonna hate
2: it. I, I know you are. Y- you definitely are gonna hate it. It is okay. it, it is one of those movies that has uh, either you absolutely love it and there is a cult following to it, or mm-hmm. you absolutely hate it and go, "WTF did I just watch?" And the the what I love about this movie, which is why I chose it. Is because the extremes of those two responses really, I feel like are, are are sort of the epitome of movies, especially horror movies that were made at that time. Um, it, it you'll you'll understand when we come back and talk about it next week. But it is, it, it's definitely one of those. Uh, it's a it's an experience movie. It, uh, just sort of your standard on and check it out. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: All right. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, let's scare Jessica to death. Um, so let's do, what the hell am I doing? Sorry. Uh, let's do this. All right. So you guys want to know what the movie got, right? Yes. So it uh, got uh, one hundred and forty-five, which makes it a seventy-one point five percent cheese rating. All right. Wow. And let's do the leaderboard. The leaderboard is as follows. Uh oh, sorry about that. I know this is my Vanna White is not very great. Uh, all right. So um, let's start from we've done six movies this year. So. At number six, coming in at number six, we have Casino Royale. Ooh. That movie got a 40, which is our low, by far our lowest score. Which is oh boy. I was going to
0: say number six, but uh, probably like, how many films have we reviewed so far? Six. <laughs> no, I mean, all together. All
3: together. Uh,
0: yeah, so that's probably 23rd, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful.
3: Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, number five, Rollerball. Uh that got a 98, which is a 39% uh on the cheese uh cheese rating. Number four is the car that got a hundred and two, which is a 40% cheese rating. Uh number three is the towering inferno, which uh that got a hundred and four, which is a fifty-two percent on the cheese rating. And Number two is Body Double, which got 123, which was our leader until Dawn of the Dead with a 61 percent. And of course, as we mentioned, number one, Dawn of the Dead with 145, which is percent on 71 and 0.5 percent on the cheese rating. So those are your leaderboards, uh, people. So let, let's look at um, what we have coming up. Uh, next, we're, we're at our halfway point. We're doing 12 movies this year, so um, we have Let's Scare Jessica to Death, yes, The Dead Zone, uh, which is a movie I picked in yep. 2003, the first book I ever read, uh, Death Race 2000,
1: oh, oh.
3: yes, yeah. Strange Brew, a eh? Bob and Doug McKenzie, of course, yep. uh, number 28, Halloween Three Season of the Witch. <gasps> Three more days to
0: Halloween. I'm feeling nauseous already thinking about that one. <laughs> That's a good movie, whatever.
3: yeah.
0: Sorry, but Alcoholic Doctor and 29
3: witches. is Plan Nine from Outer Space, so mm. I am through that. Uh, but, uh, so our
0: first 50s film, if I remember correctly,
3: yes. So that those are our movies, and then we're gonna have the big uh meat show later on, mm-hmm. so um. That's uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting through these films. Uh, really exciting. Um, uh, there's another thing too I want to say. There's two things I want to say before we close out. Uh, there's another thing I want to do uh, called movie matchup, where we take two movies that have a similar theme. I love this idea. We, yes, and we and we um compare the the, the films. Um, so I'm gonna tell you. Movies that I've already uh, picked for those. Okay. Um, real quick, uh, let's see. Uh, movie versus um, in season one, we have uh, Body Snatchers versus the Puppet Masters. So that's the Robert Highland Puppet Masters and Body Snatchers, which was uh, a not the nineteen invasion of the Body Snatchers. This is the nineteen nineties. They they came out the year. Apart, uh, we have Gravity versus Interstellar. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Return to Paradise versus Broke Down Palace. Uh, kind of switching it up a little bit. We have A Quiet Place and Bird Box. <laughs> uh, we have Hunt for Red October versus Crimson Tide. Oh, uh, nice Duel, one! Duel, 1971's Dual versus
0: Joyride 2001.
3: Okay, Dante Peak versus Volcano.
0: Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so both piles of steaming crap. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's gonna be fun though. Uh, and then the volcano shaped oh. the uh Terminator versus the Matrix would be rounding it up. So, okay, so both about because people said that I remember there was a debate like those movies are not remember, they're both about AIs that yeah. um are mm. control so.
0: I would have and, like Johnny Mnemonic versus, um, what was
3: the yeah. other? Um, well, we seven. gotta save some for a new season, right? And I, I wanna tell a quick story about um, the remake of Dawn and the Dead. Yes. So me and a buddy, no, wait, actually it was me and who was it that went with me? It was me and my nephew, my nephew John went, we went to go see the remake of Dawn and the Dead. And I think it had been out a month or so, right? So by this point, nobody. It was uh We started in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. so it was just me and him and one guy, right in the theater. It was almost like a private screening, right? <laughs> so the guy yes. sat
0: behind in my me. Experience of Battlefield Earth. <laughs> and that was opening night.
3: <laughs> so me and me and my nephew, the guy was sitting right behind us, right. So every time something scary or a jump scare would happen the guy would freak like legit freak the hell out he'd be like ah! like i mean like a schoolgirl. it was and it was unsettling it was almost like it was like you watching it in television or something like the guy would f- overly freak out and it would make us jump because just picture every jump scare a guy is literally terrified right behind you, screaming in your ear. Yeah. It would make us, every jump scare, we jump because this guy would jump and then we get to a point where we know something's about to happen, right? You've got a feeling something's going to happen, so you're looking back like, is this guy about to freak out again? <laughs> so, and, and one day, if my nephew ever comes on, I have, he could share this story as well. So when the movie's over and we're about to leave, the guy, once we step out of the theater, he goes... Thank you so much for being in the theater. I wouldn't have been able to watch this movie if you guys weren't in there. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> uh, my experience with horror films has been different. It's been people bringing in kids that shouldn't be there, like uh, like three-year-olds and four-year-old kids. And bring, like When I saw Dawn of the Dead, I saw it, um, not opening night, but uh, the first weekend, and somebody brought in their kids, and they were like six and eight years old. And they sat down. I'm going, why are you doing this, you selfish, selfish jerk? Because your kids don't need to see this film. I know there's going to be some horrific things that they're going to see and some horrible things that are going to scare them. And even if there's not blood and gore, let's say, even if they toned it down to like a PG rating, it's still going to be disturbing enough for kids. that you You know, when you're a young kid, your imagination goes, when I was a little kid, I was scared of two things, Planet of the Apes and Alfred E. Newman. That terrified me as a kid. Now they're not scary things, but when you're a kid, your imagination goes wild and certain things you latch on to and it creeps you out and that's it. This film was definitely not for a kid to go see. But yep, they brought their kid and they made them watch and the kids were terrified. They were like, they looked, they were ghostly white and they were looking like they didn't want to be there, but the parent didn't care because they wanted to watch this damn film. And every time, I don't like going to see horror films in the theater anymore because there's two things that happen. I, either that the kids are there, that, that throws me out because I'm going. They shouldn't be here, and I'm worrying about this kid. And I, I don't even know this kid. And I don't care really, but I, I'm now worried about this kid. Or it's the idiot sitting there shouting out things, and I'm like, okay, oh my god, like, oh, you shouldn't go in there. Oh, don't do that. I'm like, yeah, we know that. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think he's going to get or, or or asking questions about things they just saw. And I'm like, you know, or screaming at the wrong times, and I'm just or laughing because I just screamed. And I'm like, okay, i like, it ruins the whole feel for me. I love atmosphere.
3: Oddly I'm, enough, the one horror movie that I can say that you can let kids watch is Jeepers Creepers. You just can't <laughs> let the director. You, a can't, you, a can't a let, you can't. You <laughs> can't. Let me finish my joke. <laughs> <But geez. laughs> So, you ruined my punchline. You just didn't let the director babysit your kid. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I didn't
0: realize that's where you were going. I wrote it
2: quite that, that, Seriously, that's actually really terrible, Kintae. That's terribly really terrible. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I laughed at that. I should have not laughed at that.
0: Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, but,
3: no Jeepers Creeper is a good movie. I think uh, the first. <laughs>
0: The last film I saw in the theater, the horror film, was uh, what the heck is it called? The one with the little girl who gets her head chopped off in the, in the accident in the car, the family falling apart. Oh, Hereditary. Like, That's hereditary. great. Thank you. Love that film. Great ruined for me, Ruined for me by the audience. Yeah. They were reacting the wrong way for half the film, and they were talking, and they were carrying on and asking stupid questions. I'm going – I can't enjoy this film. It's got atmosphere. It's 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 interesting. It's intriguing. It's disturbing me, but every so often I get pulled out because some idiot over there is like munching on his his chips or popcorn. Or... <laughs> did you see what that guy did? <laughs>
3: what do
0: you say? Oh, what does that by the, mean?
3: By the end of the movie, though, you were saying an all hail payment, weren't? You?
0: Uh, well, you know what? Even then, the no. <laughs> I wish I could have. I got the audience sitting there going, oh, that guy's showing his dick." Uh. Some guy yelled at, "I'm like, what are you, what are you like? A, a, a child? What? Yeah, okay, the guy's naked. Does that? Uh, it's it's a disturbing image, I guess, because he's old and naked. But you gotta make a comment about it. I'm trying to enjoy the film. I loved it. I it, about it, more time. It, it, no, it was a good film. Very disturbing. Very atmospheric. I love it. Mm-hmm. It got ruined for me. I'm actually
3: suing those uh, the writers, though, because mm-hmm. that's that's how I became the leader of my cult. So mm-hmm. they stole my story. So, mm-hmm. spoiler alert! Yeah, oh, by the way, <laughs> pretty good actually.
0: Josh, I'm looking, Josh, I'm
3: is a mean, a Josh is a member of my cult. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, so, good, good, good. Yeah. Well, oh, I actually kind of I actually feel
2: kind
3: of left out because I'm not a member of
2: the cult. Have yeah, I just not-
3: you're, you're the secretary. You take all the minutes.
2: Uh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I
3: see. We had male secretaries too. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, see, I'm not a joiner, so I could never think, be part think,
3: of it. Think about it. The Secretary of Defense is a second is a man.
0: <laughs> hey, and but he don't take minutes now, do he? <laughs> no, he don't. I didn't think so.
3: Oh, man. All right. So, Josh, tell yes. us about
4: Semicore, and tell us why is only Semicore. You want me to what now? Tell us about Semicore. Okay. Semicore Studios, that is the the little thing I do. Uh, I put out some podcasts, you know. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll get into the real deal. Semicore Studios is... My brand for podcasting that you can catch, the Netflix. That's a show that talks about the upcoming titles coming to Netflix and streaming for the United States. Sorry, Canada. And uh, I go over the more interesting titles, not necessarily all of them. But if you want a complete listing of everything coming to Netflix for that month in the U.S., uh, then you can go to my website. Simicorpods.com, where on the 1st, there will be the show and the list for you to catch up on uh, everything that's coming up in the month. And I've taken a look at the list already, and there are a bunch of really good titles coming to Netflix. Also, there's a little show I like to call... Josh in Transition. I've regretted that title since because I've had to answer some questions about whether or not I'm actually changing my gender and it's like, no it's more of a finding out where I've been, finding out where I'm going and figuring out what kind of person I am show Um, I've called it a vanity project where I just talk about me and I'm going to have guests on there and they're just going to talk about me and uh how I feel. So that is Josh in transition. Uh, whenever you're I
3: know about ready. About your sex
4: <laughs> I also if you're if you're a fan of uh professional wrestling, um I imagine some of us here might be. I know I am. I also do a show called the Backstage Slam, where three guys, one from Florida, that's me. One from England, that's Michael, and one from Hawaii, that's Ben. We get together every week and talk about professional wrestling. And not just your WWE variety, but we're talking the AEW's, MLW's, Impact's, New Japan Pro Wrestling. If it has initials, we talk about it. And, uh, yeah, we're getting ready to do a recording tomorrow, so the next episode will drop sometime this weekend. Also... If you want to hit me up on any video game console or Steam, just find Skit Comic S K I T C O M I C. You can find me PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, Twitter, same name. And since I think it applies very well here, Letterboxd, That's right. That website you go to give star ratings and leave reviews for all your favorite movies. I'm there as well as Skit Comic, uh, so you can see my score for Dawn of the Dead as well as a slew of other movies. Uh, if you head over there and uh, you know just check it out now
3: is that kid behind you uh your child or one of the workers at a semicore <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so jen how can we get you
2: uh, how can you get me well everyone's asking about- Listen, if you want to induct me into your cult, don't do it the way Kinte did and offer me the secretary's <laughs> position, okay? At least offer me some position of power and then yeah, I may actually come over. Uh, you can find me on you can find me on social media on Twitter at following bliss1 and you can find my websites at moviesmakethemeal.com and com.
3: Okay. Secretary is a great position. You ever watch Mad Men? <laughs> We <laughs>
2: we'll we'll have this conversation off the air. You
3: <laughs> <man>. <laughs> uh you can get me at Kente F and on Twitter you can get me at Kente Ferguson. I mean on Instagram, Kente Ferguson. And um we'll be back, of course, uh next week. But uh on Mondays we do our show, Come Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus show at six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern, right here on Get Vocal as well. So uh King, how how can we get you?
0: Oh, you can't. I've given up on this whole social media thing. I'm a pariah and you, you'll find me here each and every week, even after the show is over. I'll be coming on vocal, just talking to myself. <laughs> but if you really want to get a hold of me, kingpenguin at gmail.com or you can uh, look at my website, uh, Professor psycho's Movie where you can see a bunch of short films and everything. And we got a new project coming up, which is uh, Driving the Professor Psycho, coming out uh, later this week, I just have to blur out a bunch of license plates where I just go driving around as Professor Psycho and commenting on the joys of driving in the city. So I don't know if that'll catch on, kids. Hopefully it will.
4: Yeah. You
3: know, it kind of feels like a little bit of that movie Nightcrawler mixed with Taxi Driver.
0: Yeah. except Well, yeah. It's got that same kind of mentality, but hopefully it'll actually be funny as opposed to it. films. <laughs> i supposed to disturb. I don't want to be disturbing.
3: <laughs> okay, but uh, I did. I did, I, I did.
0: catch a person with the cigarette out the window, and I'm like, oh. and she was the most courteous person to everybody else, but she kept tossing cigarettes out her car window. <laughs> and like, well,
3: Mr. What Mr. An
0: insensitive courteous person. So you know that kind of
3: well, thing. Well, Mr. Bickle, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys next week. Take care.